Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey there. Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live on this fabulous Friday. I see that my internet, it keeps recording, but it's a little in and out. So hopefully our uh, episode of Post Daily Dose won't be interrupted tonight. But of course, I want to give a quick plug for Brian's book, From Fear to Love. Um, great book. Incredible book. Uh, and you can get it on promotion. Feartolovebook.com. Feartolovebook.com. Uh, $7.95. That's the shipping and handling. It's just the basic cost of printing the book and getting it out to you guys. So, And when you order it from the promotion, you also get an audio recording of the book as well as a f additional free podcast. So that's kind of cool. Um, so uh, to, this month I've been talking about um, Adoption Month and Adoption Awareness Month. Um, it's a big month for the world of adoption, November is. Um, so there's sort of, you know, in all arenas, there's always a little controversy. So um, it's our attempt to just to speak to all of it so that we can have deep understanding and an open heart for all the aspects of adoption so that we can bring it back to being all about the kids. So until we speak about the stress that's in the adult arena, then that stress just keeps being this little hidden factor, right? It's like a hidden factor that's a big driving force. But as we were talking last night, when you shine the light, uh, Brian talks about when you shine the light in the subconscious, and we bring these subconscious things to our conscious awareness, then oftentimes they can't, they don't stand up well in the light because we, the, then we become conscious of it. We can examine it from a different lens, from a different place of understanding. And, and in that time, often those, those stories that we've been telling ourselves or those expectations or the way we've done things just because it's how we do it, um, it may not stand up so well when we get a closer look. So the same is true when we talk about um, just like the arena of adoption. So Adoption Awareness Month and Adoption Month. So Adoption Month is an attempt for us to bring awareness to the public that there is a tremendous need. There's a huge need for adoptive families, that children need permanency. And um, so the statistics tell us that 10,000 children per day, 10,000 children per day are become orphans. And so that means since I started doing this monthly podcast, today is now November 6th. So just since November 1st, 60,000 more children have become orphans. So it's a pretty big deal, isn't it? There are over 140 million orphans worldwide. And obviously that number's growing, isn't it? There are almost uh, half a million children in foster care in the U.S. And we know that oftentimes with foster care, there are frequent moves. Every move is a repeat trauma. It, uh, it uh, is a repeat of what feels like rejection. And it is a repeat of abandonment. And um, it's very difficult for those kids. I was reading a story of a foster child, now adult, a former foster youth, sharing that he had been on the average of five different schools a year from the time he was in elementary school through high school, all that time in foster care, that he averaged five different schools per year. 
So that's a pretty big deal, isn't it? We know that people, humans, we need to be rooted. Um, when we're, it didn't necessarily mean rooted like in the same place all the time, but at least with the same people, the same circle of people. So we need to be rooted in fertile, loving soil. Um, so um, there are definitely um, issues in those systems and we need, uh, our kids need permanency. Um, the adoption awareness groups are groups of people who want to bring awareness to the um, some of the negative aspects of the adoption system and just of adoption in general um, to help us understand that it is not all sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. In fact, I remember doing an interview um, with uh, a woman who owns a foster care agency in Colorado that I'm dear friends with. And uh, one of the things that she asks of her foster families is to make a commitment of at least a year. And if you cannot make a, a year commitment, then she won't, she won't follow through. Uh, the recruitment will be ended. You can go foster for another agency, but she asks her families at least, at least a one year commitment. And in the interview, um, she's just so bold and beautiful and honest. One of the things that she said was, um, she said sometimes people come into adoption and foster care um, with sort of um, a savior, a savior mentality, um, a mentality that they're here to be sort of like the Prince Charming, you know, to fix everything and to be the savior of the world. And they're here to make everything right that was wronged before. And uh, she said that usually doesn't last very long. <laughs> it can be very humbling. It's a humbling process. And the more we learn and the more we grow and the more we mature, the more we realize that our, our best position is a position of compassion for all parties involved and a deep understanding of humanity that, um, you know, generational wounds are a real thing. And that children who come from tough places, they grow up. And when there's not love and support, sometimes they fall into the same patterns of those generational wounds. Um, and so the, it's just much better. Instead of us sort of being on a high horse, that somehow we're better than them, or somehow we've got something better to offer, if we just really humble ourselves and stand in a place of humility and servanthood, when we hold that space of having a servant's heart, um, then that really allows us to have love and compassion for everyone and to just be able to be grateful, to have an attitude of gratitude, to be able to be servants and to be parents in the lives of children who need parents. And so, um, you know, that's sort of, in my mind, that just speaks so much about uh, what we can really bring to the table of authenticity versus arrogance. That's, um, yeah, that's a big thing to say, I know. And I don't, I'm not saying that in any, with any intent to be hurtful to anyone, but just to, um, you know, from my own experience, you know, there've been times I've been arrogant and I'll tell you what, that's one of the best places to be so that you can be dropped down a notch. <laughs> and so we learn from that, you know, we learn to step out of blame and to just, you know, there's, there's lots of work to be done and there's, there's no, the blame game just really doesn't get us anywhere. So, hey, Carrie, it's nice to see you. And Lala, it is good to see you. Tammy, I see you watching. Um, it's Friday. Um, I, I know I mentioned last night, Marley and I are on the road. 
I don't know, but I am exceptionally tired. I'm ready for it to be bedtime and it's only 6.30. <laughs> and I realized that um, today was, uh, there was a lot more stress. There was a big undercurrent of stress. One, just in the atmosphere, because here in the United States of, the, of America, we're anxiously wondering who's going to be our next president. And I think not only are we wondering that, but I think there's an undercurrent of anxiety just about um, how our country is going to take the news of whatever the winning vote is. Um, I think there's some anxiety about how our country will take the news and hopefully whatever the news is, we'll take it with maturity. So that's my hope. Um, and then for me personally, I had, I just want to share, I'm just going to talk because, um, it helps. So I'm going to process with you guys a little bit, my experience. So, uh, Marley is still a minor. She's 16, but this upcoming procedure that she's going to have is going to be in an adult surgery unit, which is a, a good thing, I believe. But I found it interesting how differently we were treated going through the adult process versus the treatment that we get in the children's process. And I don't know if it's unique, so I don't want to say this is like a, a big statement. I mean, it was just the experience at this one hospital on this one day. But what I did feel like was that um, we were treated with a lot more respect at the children's unit than what we were treated at the adult unit. Um, just even as, you know, the experience, you think about the experience people have uh, and how from the beginning to the end it has an impact. And so our very first piece was even trying to find the right building and the right parking. And when I couldn't figure out where I needed to go, there was no place for me to park to go in and ask. So I had to park in the police parking and I was immediately like, as soon as I was getting out of the tour, this police officer came over and he was like, <laughs> and so as he's doing his thing and saying what he's saying, I'm unloading Marley. And as Marley got out, then his demeanor changed. And so I'm just going to say, you know, that was something I noticed. So, you know, think about your kids as they're getting older. Think about your older teens. Think about your young adults. Um, and have grace. Have grace. Um, they may have to be a little bit prepared that the adult world may not treat them uh, the same way that they were treated when they were little children. And the difficulty with that is when it comes to trauma, this is important. When it comes to trauma, the world isn't going to see their regression. There's, the world may not understand when we stress, we regress. So your 20 year old who regresses to the point of a, a toddler, the world may not have the level of compassion for them that we that they need and that is a big deal for our kids kim's getting uh, she's making a point yes i'm a nurse served adults 20 years and been at a children's hospital the past four there is a world of difference and it's very sad kim thank you for that because it's a big deal and so just you you know you having that insight can make you a servant it can make you sort of a, a preacher in your environment to teach the people around you about the impact of trauma and it got dark because i'm in my car 
<laughs> but I'm just going to finish up with you guys because why not? You know, you're, you guys are like family. And so I'm just going to finish up. So Kim, that is a good word that it wasn't just my imagination. So thank you for giving me a little validation. And to those of you who have the ability to teach in those adult environments about the impact of trauma and that when we stress, we regress and the awareness of mental health is so important. It's so important that people understand that trauma and mental health issues are real um, and that regression doesn't last forever. And when we can give a moment of comfort, give a little space, uh, that when we have our own calm, our own calm can help create calm for those young adults who are experiencing overwhelm. And so since my light's out, and this is a great time for us to close, I just want to tell you in any given situation, we have two choices. We can act out of our same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or we can take one to two to 10 deep breaths and we can choose love. And so with that, I'm sorry I'm closing in the dark with you guys, <laughs> but I appreciate you understanding. I do, and uh, we love you guys. I hope you guys have a blessed weekend. When you lay your head down on your pillow tonight, rest assured, take something positive, and let that be what you focus on. Let that fill your mind the same way we used to let worries fill our mind. And we, we pick those things apart. We pick ourselves apart. We pick our children apart. Let's just stop that. Let's stop doing that. Let's stop focusing on those negative things so much. You know, let them be how we learn. Let's learn from it. But let's rest tonight with a picture of something that's positive so we can build on that for tomorrow. Much love to you guys. Thank you so much for following us. We love you. Thank you for all that you do every day in healing, creating healing in the lives of your children. Good night.